Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I started talking about the grace gifts, and tonight I want to just expand on it a little bit more. Um, God can't develop something from our hearts that we're unwilling to give Him. If I'm unwilling to give Him my heart fully. You know, one of the things that that um, Johnny Inlow was even talking about was that even back in the day when, and I may chop this all up, but Cece can fix it later, but when they, even when Billy Graham was on the scene that he was talking about that the enemy doesn't even really care that much about when people get saved. It's, are they transforming the earth? And that's a theological change, an eschatology change you're going to have to have to operate with the poured outness of his spirit. Is that this is not the great escape plan. This is a great reformation plan. And so everything in the Spirit, everything by God is given to humanity to reform society. What reforms it? A heart that's been shifted, a heart that's been transformed, a mind that's been renewed. I can't transform somebody. Listen, I get it. I came from religion. I just sit right there with everybody else just limping to heaven. And there came a day where I had to say, what's in my mind is against God. What's in Teresa Rogers' mind, this thing that I'm thinking is literally against the plan of God. I'm literally giving advice. I mean, listen, people were coming to me for advice since I was 11. I was literally giving wrong advice based on the way my mind was trapped in religion. And when God came to free me, it was a writhing (laughs) redemption. Because why? Because everything I thought about God was messed up. I didn't know him, know him. I didn't know him relationally. I knew him through a religious spirit. And so he was saying that even when Billy Graham was on the scene, that people who weren't even Christians were funding people because funding that type of ministry even because the enemy doesn't care if we just get saved. He just doesn't want us to believe in our assignment. I want to mess you up a little bit. I want to make you leave messed up. I want you, I want you to act like something in your mind needs to be reformed. Right? And so just think about all the ways that Jesus demonstrated what the Father was doing. The thing that you have to understand is that by receiving, that's what he said, by receiving Jesus, all the fullness of God can be mine. Listen, let's read about it. Well, first off, let me tell you this little story. Um, I, Bill mentioned this in his message, but I've preached on it before. But, you know, in Genesis 28, there's a place where Jacob 
dreamed. Y'all can go and read it yourselves. But one of the things that in his dream, that's why dreaming is so important right now. Uh, Cece's got three more, three more people groups. She dreamed three more people groups. I'm going to let her come. I'm going to let you come tell him. Is that okay? You come tell him at the end. Three more people groups. Listen, why is he doing this right now? Why is he showing us where our heart is? If you can understand that where the enemy lies to us, God is actually trying to have something that breaks through right there next to it. Do you want that? Does anybody in here want that? And so we have to receive the word of God. We have to, I want, I stick it all over me. Where is that? Is there any place in me I'm doing that? Not because he's a bad father, not because he's mad at me, not because he's trying to get onto me, because he's trying to free me. He's trying to free me what? Into my purpose. See, the wrestling match occurs with when I don't want to change something. If everything about you is just open to change. How many have repeat habits that you can't quite get over? I'll just be honest with you. You're just not open to change. I could just step right in. I could bring some change to you. I could bring out a new structure in your life. I could re. I could shift some things around, and, and in a year's time, you would be doing something different. But we don't do that. We're just like, I'm going to do everything I'm doing. Let me just add a little bit of salt of God to some something I'm already doing. And that's not really what the kingdom's about. Do you agree? And so, interesting enough, after this dream... This is what it says in verse 16. Jacob awoke and he said this. I am overwhelmed with awe. Yahweh is here. He is in this place and I didn't even know it. And then it says, terrified and overwhelmed, he said, how awesome is this place? I've stumbled right into the house of God. This is the place this is the portal of the very gate of heaven. Yes! Now, what was occurring? You can read it on up in, I mean, Brian does a great job. This is what he said. He said, the steps of this stairway went up. It was ascending first. From where? From earth. Are you getting this? You may not even be aware where God's presence is. Do you remember when you were looking for his presence? But see, where his presence resides is the portal. Who's standing at the portal on earth? The people aware of his presence. It was the awareness of his presence that opened the portal. And then activity happened from the dream when he woke up because he became aware of what he was standing in. Nothing happened but a dream. But when he became aware and he spoke of it, he created it right then. It just depends on what you want. Your little mouth is getting you in all kinds of trouble. You're creating portals all the time, all the time. Portal, portal, portal. Everywhere you become aware of your circumstances and you speak it, you just created a portal. 
I am right. And listen, you can leave here all mad and offended, but just look around your life and look at all the places that your mouth has created what you have right now. All your disbelief created with your mouth. All the sickness created with your mouth. All the lack created with your mouth. Because what did God say? I can do the impossible. All things are possible with me. I'm the God of abundance. All of me fills all of you. You have the mind of Christ. What else are we needing? It's my awareness and my ability to speak of the awareness of who, are, of who he is. Nothing happened. He just had a dream. And when he woke up from the dream, he said, something's got to change in my circumstance. He called that place Bethel, didn't he? What does Bethel mean? House of God. You need to start naming claiming some houses of God around your environment. Listen, I do it every day at my house. I go out and I say, listen, we had a funny thing happen tonight. So Grady, uh, Grady, where the, what is that a combo? I'm trying to think what that's a combo of. Don't know. Anyway, that girl, Grady, she, she has a little dog named Coco. And Coco also won the U.S. Open. Just saying. Anyway, but she left the building today and went out of the yard and into the neighbor's yard. And that's Judy's greatest fear. Actually, a hawk, com a hawk coming down and nipping Coco from the ground. But it was similar to that. But see, I knew, I, I know that dog. She's not going to run away from her mom. She's just out exploring. She's probably done it before, and we just didn't know it. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. There was a portal. There was an opening in our yard. And when that mama saw that, that that baby got out of that yard, she gathered everything we had in the yard, and she covered up the portal. See, that's what some of us need to do. Your promises are getting out of your yard. And you know it. But you hadn't done anything to shore up. I told the girls, I said, now if you see her out there at midnight building something with her screwdriver and hammer, tell her that's okay, we'll fix it. Why? Because that's not going to ever happen again on her watch. You see, let's, let's be that diligent about the presence. Can we? Y'all yes. read Genesis 28. Read all the footnotes. Beautiful. It's just beautiful. So, in Ephesians 3, it says this. Let's look over there real quick. Ephesians 3. Let's, it's just so good. But let's just read 18, okay? Because I don't have time. In the Amplified, it says, be being fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width and length and height and depth of his love. Did you see that? You're fully capable. Say, I'm fully capable. Listen, that's another thing the enemy lies to us about. How many have ever had the enemy lie to you and say, well, I just can't understand the love of God? 
See, every place the enemy lies to you, there's a, he, he's a counterfeiter. That means you're actually probably called to love greatly, right? That's, that's probably the, more likely the truth, right? Because it says right there, you're fully capable. When we believe the word, the word becomes true to us. When we look at the word as something, how many read the word and it's just all the stuff that you can't do? It's too big, too bad, too whatever. I know, I know people do it. I know it's shocking for you, but it's other people do it. It says, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience. Say personal experience. The love of Christ. Have you had a personal experience with the love of Jesus? How do you know? What if I came to you and said, that wasn't love? That wasn't God? Why? 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 How do you know it changed you? You know you. You know whether it changed you. You know whether you've received the love of God. I love Kim Walker when she said, if you, if, you have, if you have touched the love, you would know it. Listen, you can tell when someone hasn't touched the love. They're skeptical. Right? Listen, I think I've had seven instances of skepticism in the last two weeks. What does that tell me? God's on to something. I'm not nervous. <laughs> Listen, just right now, pray for all the skeptical people you know, because God's on the move. He's fixing to upend it. I love when he upends it. Usually it's a piano drop or something. But anyway, I enjoy it. Y'all didn't all laugh at that. That's okay. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That... You may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life completely filled and flooded with God himself. Wow. Let me read it in the Passion. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate, far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measure that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. So let's just use that thing I said a while ago. Fullness isn't when the bottle's full. Fullness, listen, you've got to understand kingdom mindsets are not natural mindsets. Wait, I have a scripture for that. But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. 
The unbeliever cannot judge you. The, and the unbeliever cannot understand the this believer's spiritual nature. Let's read it in this passion. Someone living on the entirely human level rejects. That sounds like rejection. The revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. If you if someone hasn't received Jesus, don't even try to tell them about supernatural things. It's futile. Because why? It says they'll re- pre-reject it. Listen, if you, know, if you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, just talk to them about how much he loves them. What a good daddy is. Don't talk to them about all prophetic. They, are, they don't even care about none of that. They don't even believe in it. You're barking up the wrong tree. Barking up the wrong tree. They've not encountered the love of God. It says he can't even understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Who's doing it? The Holy Spirit. It's part of the package of Jesus, not standing at the door of salvation, but saying there's something beyond the door, and beyond the door are tools that I need to transform society. Yes or no? And so what you can see these different levels where people are. If they're pre-Jesus, none of the tools make sense. They're not going to be using any of them. They can pray, but none of their prayers are going to get answered. Let me help you. <laughs> That's just how the kingdom the kingdom system just works one way. The only prayer that he would hear is please forgive me. Right? After I enter into the doorway, all the goodness starts. Right? And see the interesting thing is on the other side where all the gifts and the tools and the amazing stuff is all of that, the revelations of God keep unfolding. Like I said the other day, what we're receiving as revelation now, I hope in a year from now, is obsolete. (laughs) Think about the messages I preached 10 years ago compared to now. Pam knows. They're different. Why? Because the audience is different. There's people in here now that, that hunger, they ache to do the things of Jesus. How many would stand up right now and say you ache to just do the works of Jesus? See, that's a message from God. He's saying, I put that in you. That is your calling. That's who you're meant to be. And keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing till you do it. Sit down. And see, you have to understand, everybody's not going to ache to do the things of Jesus. But guess what? That should make you do them more. You know what I pray? Oh, if they don't want to do it, give me theirs. Give me theirs. I want theirs. It says, those who live in the Spirit are are able, say able, Able. to carefully, say carefully, evaluate all things. It is amazing. Remember what I said about Jesus' gifts? They're all about what? Perspective and perceptions, right there. It was the. It was right there. Obviously, our perceptions. <laughs> and they, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. 
Do you want to live there? Yes, See, that's the beautiful thing. See, I live there. You can hate on me, and y'all have. You can be offended at me, and you have been. But it doesn't change what I know. It doesn't change what I know these call me to do. Your opinion of me changes nothing. And see, he's inviting you to that. Come on over here to where you are so scrutinized by the Holy Spirit that no person's scrutiny, right, can touch you. This is what he says. Because who has ever intimately known the mind of Lord Yahweh well enough to become God's counselor? And it says, Jesus did. And catch this next line. We possess Christ's perceptions. Think of it. That's weighty. You have been gifted the mind of Christ. And you have the ability to see things through the lens, through the lens of Jesus' perceptions. Now let's think about Ephesians 4. Now let's think about what's happening in Ephesians 4. Jesus said, I want to give you all these cool gifts. Can you say it's, it's less about a title now? Yeah. Remember when we all were trying to, Pam and I, <laughs> been here a long time. Do you, does anybody remember when you were all looking to hurry someone assignment? Give me a spiritual gifts test. We've all done it. That was last year's wineskin. Can anybody get with me on this at all? That was yesterday's wineskin. Let's just get a test that some man made to try to point me in the right direction. But wait, here's a circumstance that needs a prophetic view. Wait, here's a circumstance that needs a shepherding view. Wait, here's a circumstance that needs an apostolic view. Then wouldn't I learn about what those different perceptions see if I knew I was going to need them for my next event? Listen, this would change the way that we transform society. I'm just telling you it would. Let's read it, Let's read it again in Ephesians 4 because you might be forgetting already. It says these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God and finally become into one perfect man with the full dimensions. What are the full dimensions of spiritual maturity? Wow! How many long like I do to just be spiritually mature? Anybody? Are you sure? Because some of y'all look a little skeptical. Some of you don't want to mature at all? Okay. Well, I do. That's my number one desire is to be, is I long to become mature in the Holy Spirit. And listen, I didn't, I didn't get to where I am now and I'm nowhere where I want to be. You may scoff at where I'm at now, but I wouldn't have been where I am now without practicing. And I practiced on you. You know, Tessa, she's a strange goat like Cece. So I got these two feelers, and they're opposite in personality. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world are they. But I've practiced on her. And I've missed it on her. But, you know, she gave me this beautiful gift tonight. 
because of how much she loves me. Not because I'm perfect. Because she learned to forgive me. And she knows that I'm trying to figure her out just like she is. I didn't get the Tessa handbook. Page 212. Oh, no, that's on page 47,722. Okay. No, I don't have that. I just have Christ's perceptions. And so I perceive the first time I met her that she hungered to be authentic. Out of everything else, just like Cece, she hungers to make an impact. Out of everything else, they may feel wacky and they may look wacky and they may do wacky things, but they have a deep-seated desire. And my job is to breathe on the thing that wants to be authentic. And then I say, make something and let me see if it's authentic. So go home, make that. And when I see it, I say, that's the fire. Let's hang that up. I have more of her art in my house than anybody, anybody else's. Why? Because I get where it came from. It speaks to me. It speaks to my weirdness. It says 14, Ephesians 4. Then our immaturity will end. Listen, some of us are so far away from maturity because we don't lean in to our immaturity. Listen, when you're hiding, you're just hanging out with your own immaturity. And I don't know if you understand this about maturity. It doesn't mature without being tested. It doesn't mature without being tried. It doesn't mature without experience. And so you can be an 80-year-old, three-year-old spiritual person. Because why? You were scared to be vulnerable. You are scared to show you didn't know. Listen, you don't have to be ashamed that you don't know. You should rejoice in the fact of what you don't know and that there's literally people around you. Listen, what makes people grow faster is that they admit they don't know. But then they actually do something that the person that does know tells them to do. Think if we took the church approach to anything else in life. Let's take the church approach to driving. You just crash into everybody. Right? Don't even know the speed limit. Don't know how to work the vehicle. Right? But just get in it anyway and just drive it all around. Let's take the church approach to jobs. Just show up. You don't, you're not on time. You don't really care. You just do something else on, your, on the day you're supposed to be at work. Right? Get mad at everybody else on the job because they don't do what you would do. Right? That's just what immaturity does. It says, we will remain... Strong. Oh, let me finish this. Our maturity will end and we will not be so easily shaken by trouble. Just answer that. Just ask yourself that one question. How shaken are you by trouble? How shaken are you by people's spiritual hunger? 
How shaken are you by the enemy's lies? Where is the shaking point for you? Listen, stuff is about to change around up in here. Listen, stuff's happening in the world that you may just have your head in the sand. But when it starts happening, you better have some security somewhere. This is not a threat. It's just the thing that's happening because all the systems of the world are going to fall apart. It says, then we won't be led astray by novel teachings or false doctrines of deceivers who teach us clever lies. That's that religious spirit, right? Listen, like I said Sunday, if you you grew up in a pastor-led church, a lot of them, the majority of them, honestly, were trying to... I remember I counseled with a guy. He was a pastor of a really big church. And... He said, well, this is just a job and my, I got to feed my family. And I was like, what if you got up on Sunday and told everybody that? It would change things, right? It says, but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. Come on, get your mouth out and begin to express the truth. Listen, if you struggle with any of those things, expressing the truth, constantly finding a God truth. You know, I remember there's a season in my life where I just went through and quoted scripture all the time. Like people would be talking to me, I'd be just get my little, I'd have a little index card and I'd just be quoting because I didn't want to speak anything that wasn't true. It says, all our direction and ministries will flow from Jesus and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Every member, say every member, every member. has been given divine gifts to, to contribute to the growth of all. Yes. Are you saved? Are you part of the body? Guess what? You have a gift. You. You have a gift that will contribute to everyone. You may not be good at it. You might like a fool with your pants hanging down when you deliver it, but you have a gift. Say, I have a gift. Say, I have a gift. I have a gift. So see, part of what God wants us to do in this season, that's why he's giving us all these people groups, is he's wanting us to realize this gift needs refining. And if you put your sweater in your mouth, you may get it hooked on your braces. And this gift (laughs) needs refining. And when your gift needs refining, then it's okay to get help getting that sweater out of your braces. Come on, Cece. good yep tisa i don't know how to navigate your computer wait i think i found it i found it thank you see even that we're opposites in personality in every way like my laptop set up completely different different little maneuvering and everything it's just different it's good to be different um so i i love the story of jacob i love how um, tisa elaborated on that today that 
that part of, you know, he stumbled, I have stumbled into the house of God. And what stood out to me, one of the things, the things that stood out to me tonight is that thinking of that as it was the awareness that was the gateway to the supernatural. And he stumbled into it. And just the idea that that gateway was there. Like, how long was that gateway there? And all of his wandering and all of his journey, and he just, he didn't know it. He didn't become aware of it. And so that process of becoming aware is so powerful. I mean, aren't we all glad that he had that moment of awareness just so the scripture could even be recorded, you know, just so, oh my gosh, it's, it's incredible. So awareness is obviously an incredibly powerful thing. Um, and even that's why I love just this entire message and how Tisa flushed out all that really, truly is available to us. It occurred to me that some of what I talked about in my word on Sunday is sort of happening, okay? I'm starting to make a little more sense to me. Because if you remember, um, Papa said that it was corners of our identity that we've relegated, that we have, we've just set aside as unimportant, and that there was um, glory simmering below the surface of and, or concealed in the mundane and forgotten things. And so this is this speaks to an awareness. This speaks to something he's wanting to uncover, something even in us and partnering with, I now see with these grace gifts and all that he's made available to us. And so as I was sitting there talking to him, when Tisa mentioned that I could share on these three additional three group, groups of people from my dreams, I, my first thought was, well, I don't really know how they all apply. I don't really know, you know, but because they're all different, you know. But that's what it is. I think that's what it is, is he's giving these groups because he's saying, hey, does this sound like you? Does this fit you? Does this fit your circumstance? Because he's wanting to speak to the corners of our identity that we have relegated as unimportant. When And he's really trying to call to an awareness to various situations and, and all of that. And so uh, I think that is maybe why he is bringing up these people groups and these dreams that are all... It's kind of random, you know, they're not all on one particular theme. So, um, yes, three more dreams, three people groups. I won't explain every dream, but I'll just tell you my interpretation of them. Okay. <laughs> and so I really sat with the Holy Spirit to seek out the meaning of these dreams. And I, and this is what I wrote. So the first one was, um, there are those whose hearts are turned to God and his purposes but they have an elevated view of what their assignment from him would look like. They are waiting to hear their assignment, but often miss it, dismissing what they hear as being too simple or beneath the level of what they have to offer. God is calling for them to humble themselves. He is unveiling the gravity of their misconception, the weight of, of how grievous this is to the one that they claim to revere. If they will get low and humble themselves, their obedience to him will make a way for others to put a period on the end of the sentence that the enemy has been speaking over them. It will provide what is needed for others to put an end to unhealthy thought processes mindsets, generational curses, etc. so that they can move on to hearing what God is speaking over them. This obedience to the assignment 
of even cleaning up other people's messes will put a stop to the enemy's narrative to such a degree that truth will be able to come through the front door instead of being limited to the back door of their hearts. A period on the end of the sentence. If you'll really just just meditate on that, just soak in that, just think about all the meaning of what a period on the end of a sentence is. I know a lot of us don't use punctuation punctuation with texting anymore, but you know it's really kind of important. Muhav and I have been talking about how important it is. Sometimes the meaning of the sentence means something totally different if there's no periods, right? But really, think about that. A period means something comes to an end. A statement comes to the end, and you can move on to the next thing that's being said. And God's always speaking over people. So it's a really powerful, powerful call if we would humble ourselves, truly be willing to bring ourselves to anything he's asked us to do in obedience. This would be a corner of our identity that we've relegated to the side and that we've missed. But the glory seeds are are brewing right underneath there. They're shining underneath the surface of this. And it could really bring a lot of freedom to a lot of people in a very powerful way. The aspect of the back door, things not having to come through the back door anymore and being able able to come right through the front door means there would be even more momentum with their healing, with their wholeness, with their maturity. So it's a really powerful thing of just humbling ourselves, humbling ourselves and being obedient in the little things that seem unimportant, that seem like they don't even go with our assignment. Wow, really, really powerful impact. The next dream is maybe a message to us in certain circumstances as we um, maybe operate in these grace gifts or as we try to participate with what God is doing and come alongside others in their um, pursuit of freedom and wholeness. And the message was this, as spiritual warriors, anybody in here a spiritual warrior? Yes, everybody, everybody. As spiritual warriors, when we know that one of God's children is in danger... We must be willing to take hold of them in the spirit to pull them to safety. Not all of God's rescue attempts will come through discussion and reasoning. There are times when we must forego using words to explain the danger, when we must forego giving them the choice to save themselves and instead use our authority and our strength in the spirit to rescue them. So please ask for guidance, ask for insight. If you have a a specific situation that you're thinking about, this isn't an all or nothing, like throw everything else out the window and only do this, but this is obviously a highlight. There are times we may be leaning heavily on the side of speaking, 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 and trying to convince when there's really a battle that we need to go into intercession for. Another, Another powerful point from the Holy Spirit. The third dream is also really interesting, and it speaks to what is coming as he's pouring out his spirit on all nations, and just something that we need to be have a guard on our hearts about and maybe keep in the back of our mind as situations come up, as um, his kingdom advances in this way. And that is this, as God calls all nations to himself, pouring out his spirit on all flesh, Masses of people will flock to his established ministries for nourishment and equipping. They will come with the same fervor and excitement we've seen sports fans flock to be a part of the hottest game. 
when the masses come, they may disrupt the ministry's normal roads of operation, especially in terms of how they have approached dining with Father God. Ministers, she's she's actually, she knows the full dream, so the interpretation is kind of fun with that, especially in terms of how they've approached dining with the Father. Ministers, who's a minister? Everybody in the room. Ministers must be careful not to exalt their old ways over what is needed to feed the new crowd. They must not insist on being right just because they were there first. Some will try to take advantage of the masses, eager to fill seats for their own benefit. God is counting on those who will humbly navigate what is needed to truly feed his children and authentically satisfy their desire for him. Good stuff, right? Good stuff. I mean, I love these little tips. I love these little things. I I may not know when I first get them how it's going to apply, but it sure makes you more aware, ready to, to recognize when it's happening, right? So I say just more, more, more. Give us more. Give us more. Tell us more stuff. Tell us more stuff. <laughs> so, Papa, we just thank you today. We thank you for the way that you minister to us, that you are so, so devoted to feeding us and equipping us, nourishing us, training us. You've provided for it all, and you've written it out in this wonderful word of life that we have. We are privileged to have the access to read on all of our devices and multiple forms and all. And we have so much access to the word of God. You've written it out. You speak to us in our dreams. You speak to us through our ministers and messages and and podcasts that we have an abundant supply for. But Holy Spirit, I'm most thankful that you make it personal. I'm most thankful that you make it personal for us, that you tell us not just random bits of information that apply to the entire church as a whole, but it's personal for you. This message is personal for us. It's timely for us. It's timely and appointed for this time. So I pray, Papa God, that I pray, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open the ears and the eyes and the hearts of the minds and of all the people hearing this message to hear how it applies to them, for it to create a new hunger in them to operate with the grace gifts, to to create a new hunger within them to mature personally in their areas and to hear from you in a personal way. Papa, I ask you to seal this message up, make it personal, make it so, so personal for us, and just continue to breathe on it. Light the fire. We just trust you. We trust you with this Kairos timing. We trust you to continue to lead us and guide us, and it's we call it a privilege to get to partner with you, to learn from you, to be led by you, to be nurtured and trained by you. So we thank you. We love you. We exalt your name. We say you are mighty. You are holy. We exalt your name, Papa. We love you, we love you, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.